This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Three, two... Welcome back to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. Fortunate enough today to have Coach Will Maynard. He's the head coach at Southern High School in Anne Arundel County, and he's uh, starting his 16th season. He uh, has also worked with the DMV Elite down in the the nation's capital area, as well as he attended Catonville Community College as a junior college, and he was able to get a scholarship to Shepherd University, so he is a Ram. And Coach, I have to be honest, I'm going to have to give you a, a belated birthday, so happy birthday, Coach. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it felt good. I'm not going to lie. Even though I couldn't, you know, technically go out there and celebrate my 40th like I would have liked to, um, it felt good to just get so many calls and texts and messages from, you know, family and friends and and former players and and the thing that made me feel even better was just how many how much love I was getting from kids I didn't even coach, even kids that play at other schools in the county, you know, the same time message or stuff like that. Like that that really meant a lot right there that kids from other programs would, you know, thank you know, wish me happy birthday. So that I definitely felt good. Definitely made up for not being able to have a party. Well, here's the thing that, I, that you know, you and I have known each other for a while now, and I appreciate your friendship. You know, we always kind of like hit each other with texts and say we're fam, and I do believe that. I think in the fraternity of coaching, we do kind of simulate family. You know, we're, we're family to each other, and, uh, you know, that shows what you do as a coach, and I've always admired that. You treat all the kids, whether they're rivalries or kids on your roster, the same, and it just speaks to who you are as a person. I mean, you got your first head coaching job at 25, and, you know, you've been kind of rocking it ever since. And, you know, for to get all those text messages on your 40th birthday says what you've done the last 15 years. And it's pretty impressive. I just want to let you know that. I appreciate that. I, like I said, it definitely felt good, man. It, it, it made an old man feel good, you know. I'm transitioning now from the from the young guy to now I'm, I'm OG or, or unk now, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. So, Tell me, at the age of 25, how did you become a head high school basketball coach? Walk me through that that step. Well, I'll, I'll take you a year before that. So when I came home uh, from Shepherd, I actually helped um, coach summer league that year because back then head coaches weren't allowed to coach on the summer league. Like, well, actually, nobody on staff could coach. So, Absolutely. You know, that's when we had to rely on parents and former players and, and stuff like that. So then, so I coached it for my former head coach, uh, Mr. Albright, who, Tom Albright, who's one of the most uh, winningest coaches, public school coaches in, in the state of Maryland, uh, who's definitely a legend known across the state. Uh, he wanted me to coach him, coach the kids during the summer. So I coached him during the summer, and, you know, I had a good time. We, we were okay. We weren't nothing fancy. We were young. Um, we, we had a young team. We, you know, our best players were sophomore and, and junior, but I, I saw his potential there. So, you know, I enjoyed doing that. And then um, 
call, I had no intentions. You know, I figured I'd just be a guy just lingering around the program and stuff like that. But he ended up resigning. And then when he resigned, his uh, the JV coach, who was who coached me in high school, who was who I coached my AD, currently my AD, um, he ended up getting a job. And then when he ended up getting a job, he asked me if I wanted to be a volunteer coach on the staff because you know, I coached and worked with the kids all summer. He knew that, you know, I kind of knew their tendencies and had a good relationship with them and stuff. So that's how I ended up getting the start. And so I ended up as the volunteer varsity coach as a freshman, I mean, in my first year. Then my second year, the guy that was coaching JV, he ended up getting into a little bit of um, – stuff and he ended up deciding to, to step away and stop coaching so he asked me did i want it and i was kind of hesitant at first and i'm like geez do i want to be a head coach deal with that pressure you know only been 25 but i ended up taking it and it ended up being a blessing in disguise because it helped me transition to becoming a varsity coach uh, six years later yep no i trust me i, I completely understand that i uh i was kind of you know Similar stories, I, I was able to, I was the freshman coach at Goretti, the JV coach at Goretti, and then when Koki Robertson um, stepped down, I ended up re- replacing him for two years, and you know, it. I thought I knew how to coach, I'm just going to be honest with you, you know, I thought, man, I'm, I've got all the plays, I play college basketball, I got all the sets, that I know how these practices are supposed to be running, then you get to your first game and you're like, what in the hell did I just get myself into, this is nothing like I thought it was going to be. So um, I, it was a it was a thrown in the fire, learn as you go type situation, and I'm getting ready to enter a year 17 for me, and uh, it's just in the business, and it's just kind of like I feel a lot more comfortable at this point than I have in a very long time sitting on the bench. So yeah, because you know how it is with experience, um, you know, with experience breeds confidence, and then you know you get in a situation where you're like. Oh my goodness! I've never been in a situation. You know, you can practice certain situations, but you can't never practice everything. No. And then, you know, now, you know, you're just like me. We've been coaching so long. Now, most situations we've either been in or somebody that we know has been in, and so we learn from it. But you know, as a first year coach, oh my goodness! I mean, <laughs> little. I mean, little things you don't understand, like being a head coach, like. Little things as far as about what time do we want to get dressed for the game? You know, what time do we want to get to an away game? What You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, little things like that. Like, we don't think of being, in, you know, an assistant or people in the stands don't think about. No, it, it, you're right about that. It, it is the little things. I mean, I remember, so obviously at Goretti, we were in the Baltimore Catholic League. So my first Catholic League game was against Calvert Hall. I think we lost by about 45. They had <laughs> Jonathan Graham at the, at the post, and they had a, a kid that went to Navy. And um, all the uh, the name's gonna slip me now, but he ended up marrying Steph Curry's sister. He ended up transferring and playing at Louisville for a little bit in college. I'm gonna look it up oh, while we're talking. Damian Lee. There we go. Damian Lee's running the three. We get our ass waxed. I mean, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. So the very next game, we have to go to St. Francis. So St. Francis, the starting point guard goes to Loyola. The two guard Wayne Sparrow goes to Richmond. Dante Holm goes to Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, Terrell Vincent goes to UMass, and Greg Lewis goes to Rutgers. That was my second game in the BCL. We and it was just like you think you know how to like slow the game down. There's no shot clock back then. Slow the game down, take the air out. Yeah, okay. We played them at home, and Mark Karcher was the head coach. We were winning thirty-four to thirty-two. 
Yeah, 34-32 a half. And I'm like geeked out. I'm like taking the air out of the ball. We're shooting really well. Kind of feeling good. Um, they beat us like 99 to 37. Good gracious. They just what pressed and that? they just pressed and pressed and pressed. I mean, I I'm only can imagine what language Mark used when he got into the locker room or threatened to like they'd have to get back to Charles Street on their own or something because it was a whole nother ball game. I think we they opened up the second half with like three threes in a row and a couple dunks. And at that point the wind didn't come out of our sails. The whole damn sail fell over. It was just not a good situation. <laughs> so um but no, I mean, you know, I've always admired from a distance when I was a college coach watching what you did. I mean, you've been very successful in creating good basketball players. You create great men. You create great student athletes. Tell me a little bit about some of the guys that you have currently playing in college. I know you have some that are playing Division One, so they're actually able to be on the floor in games at this time. Explain a little bit about that and how th- that success has been for you in the last couple of years. Um, it's it's definitely been a it's definitely been a good feeling. Um, you know when I when I started coaching at Southern, you know, long ago I never thought that, you know, we we have you know that many kids playing Division One basketball. Um, we have Brandon Horvath who's at UMBC. Um, he's a sophomore. I mean, excuse me, he's a senior, but uh, he's been he started partially a little bit as sophomore junior. And senior year, he started. Um, he's he's having a great start to his senior year, and he has a chance to be American East Player of the Year. I mean, he's definitely going to be in contention. He was athlete of the week a couple weeks ago, and um, he's he's he has a chance to make money playing basketball. Yeah, I mean, he does. Skill set six ten can handle the ball, can pass, can shoot it. I mean, he definitely has a chance to make money playing basketball. But the unique thing about Brandon was Brandon was five eight. Um, as a freshman, wow, and it, and it was very and it was very funny because Brandon didn't play AAU until going to a senior year. Okay, you know, you know, a lot of people think that oh, Brandon was some guy that played AAU all up and stuff like that. Like he didn't get better that way. Brandon got better by just playing pickup with older guys because we used to play pickup at Southern on Sunday mornings, and he used to come in there. He used to be the youngest kid in there, and he used to get pushed around, pushed around. And, and bullied around and stuff like that. But he kept coming. He kept getting better and better and better. And then next thing you look, he decided to play AAU with James Lee and Mid-Atlanta Select. Yep. And, I mean, the rest is history. I mean, he played first couple of tournaments, and my phone's blowing up. Everybody's like, man, who's this kid? Who's this kid? You know, but mm-hmm. you know, I, t- I told people, I told some of my coaching friends that I knew, I said, I have a Division One kid. He might not be Division One right now. But he will be. I said it's a couple things we got to fine tune. But he will be a Division One kid. As soon as he played AAU, everybody called me. Well, man, I said I told you guys. You guys thought I was just just saying it, right? I, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's gonna say every kid I had playing Division One. Uh, uh-uh. I don't do that. Um, and he's currently playing. Then have another kid, um, Curtis Holland. Mm-hmm. He's uh, He's a district kid. He played with Walt Booth and Devin Williams for the district. Yep. They do um, a great job there, too. Yes, they do. They do. And, you, you know, the thing I like about them is that they send kids to the right level. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not one of those organizations that feel, okay, that this kid can play. Yeah, can he probably play at 
in at this school, yeah, but where she has the best chance to be successful. And I think they do a good job of that of placing kids. Um, you know, Curtis situation was a little bit different because he came in and played varsity as a, as a freshman where Brandon played JV for the first year and a half. Gotcha. Well, but Curtis, yeah, Curtis is, is, is very good, very talented, a combo kid. Um, transferred to Towson from High Point, playing for legendary Tubby Smith. Um, wanted to come a little bit closer to home, be close to his family and stuff like that. But um, he's not playing right now because he, he's hurt. Okay. But I know. So Pascari can't wait to get him back on the court. And then I have a couple guys. I have a kid at Bowie State, um, Jarris Carroll. He graduated in 2017. Um, he, this season was canceled about a month ago. And then I have three guys playing Division three basketball. Um, I have one, I have two at Goucher, and then another one that'll be at Salisbury. Got you. Mm-hmm. Now, if if I'm not mistaken, didn't Brandon's brother go to Shenandoah, my alma mater, for a year? What did I read? It was that year or two years he played down there. Two I years, yeah, he played two years there. He started a few games down there. He transferred to Salisbury. Yeah, is he a beach, yeah. is he a beach kid? Yeah, he, he, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's a beach kid. I tell you that joke is competitive. Well, we, I mean, if he's the little brother, he probably gets it honest. My brother is probably the most competitive person I've been around. I didn't let him win a lot growing up. And, you know, once once Kevin was able to figure out how to use that and focus himself the right way, he uh, he went to um, Shenandoah University and actually was a four-time first-team All-American baseball player. He figured out how to use it to his advantage. But, yeah, I didn't let him win anything. My grandmother used to get so mad. I wouldn't even let him win on, like, Nintendo. NES system. I, I was I was holding it over his head. I I was trying to like you know just win because I was competitive too. But it kind of ended up molding him the right way. So, um, you know the biggest thing you and I talked about before we uh, got on air when we were on the phone was today's today's world's a little different. I mean, I touched base the other day with Coach Parker about social media and, and how that thing has affected everybody and it, it continues to get worse. And I, I refuse to do politics on here only because my goal with this podcast is to take people away from chaos and craziness and just get them the opportunity to, uh, you know, learn something from where you and I sit that they haven't had the opportunity to get to, but also just listen to some stories that are fun and takes them away from the chaos of the real world and life right now. But, you know, with Twitter's being removed and people removing their Twitters in the political scene, how has social media been talked about within your program? How do you see your kids handling themselves on social media and has ever backfired on you, any of your kids or anything like that? Um, fortunate enough that I, I really haven't had any drama as far as social media with my kids. Um, we had a situation at our school, though, um, with another sport that they had an issue with social media. They got into it with another school and stuff. But as far as our program, you know, it hasn't been that bad. You know, I'm sure they do some stuff behind closed door that ne- never got back to me. But um, nothing out there that's really, you know, very public. And the, the, the thing I, I try to preach to kids all the time. Is you need to is preach being humble because what happens is you know for us one of our rivals is South River and Annapolis mm-hmm. you know both of those, both of those schools are within you know twelve miles of us you know and I always try to tell them 
don't do what other schools do because we'll have other schools call us out or stuff like that. If they beat us, they'll get on there and brag. And I tell them, just, just keep it classy. If you want to post a picture or something, that's one thing. But you know what I mean? We're not going to post a scoreboard or any of that type of stuff. You know, like on our team account, that's one thing because some people don't make it to our game. So they, you know, so they can know the score. That's one thing. Absolutely. But we're not supposed to score to brag or, any of that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Because it just doesn't look well. You know, try to explain to kids as far as, you know, you have to watch which rap lyrics you recite. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff of them contain, you know what I'm saying, racial epithets, you can't have that in there. And, you know, so you got to really watch that and all that cussing and, and naked females and all that stuff. You got to be conscious of who's looking at your stuff because a lot of kids don't like to make their page private. And by not making your page private, they don't understand that, it, uh, that adults check your page out too. You know, they just look at it. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna make my page open so I get my followers. All these kids, see it. yes, I can be popular so I can get likes and all these followers and kids can see. Me. But what they don't realize is you have coaches that look, you have teachers that look, yep. you have other parents that do that. You know what? My child hangs with Joe Smith. Let me go look him up. Oh, okay, that's Joe Smith. Let me see what he's doing in this picture. All right, I see red cups everywhere. It seemed like his eyes look red in this picture. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like kids 100%. don't understand that. Nope. Like you, you always had to be conscious of your environment. You know, and and that that's and that's not just the players. You know, the, the coaches as well. One hundred percent. I mean, I mean, I'm not. You know, in I don't have social media anymore. I got rid of I got rid of Twitter. I got rid of Instagram. Um, my assistant coach runs our Instagram and Twitter page for South Basketball. Um, it was a personal decision um, mm-hmm. for me with some of the stuff that I battle with through depression and anxiety and borderline personality and bipolar. It was just mm-hmm. like a rabbit hole of of just craziness that I could get myself sucked into, and I became mm-hmm. very unhealthy. So in order for me to be mentally healthy, I just said, screw it, I'm not having those anymore. And it, honestly, I don't miss them, and it's been great. It's been it's been so nice. Um, it's been hard to get this out because yeah. I really enjoy doing this, and unfortunately, people read about you on social media, and that's how they start following you and stuff. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you read about enough college coaches losing their jobs, um, and I'm not going to go into any names, but but some basketball coaches this past week were arrested for posting stuff on social media that they, that they didn't need to post, and they lost their mm-hmm. jobs at the highest level, at the very highest level. And, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't understand at 16 years old that a 30-second clip on your Twitter page could cost you a scholarship that caught that would save you one hundred twenty thousand dollars, or or you could go get your dream job as a coach, and they're going to go back to something you posted in college, and you use the wrong language, or you say the wrong thing, or it's the wrong picture posted, and now all of a sudden maybe you don't get that job. So it it is a very important thing, but you know I, I like to ask that question because the one thing that we as coaches have to do that I don't think the people that sit in the stands that pay $5 to get the ticket to come to our games is dealing with distractions. There is no book at Barnes and Nobles that we can buy that says, (laughs) here is how you're going to handle this distraction because at the third game of the season, when little Johnny's not getting playing time, here's what's going to pop up. What distractions do you have, do you run into the most with your guys? Like what's the stuff that pops the most? Um, to be honest, 
I think the biggest distraction that we face at our school is kids playing multiple sports. Okay. So sometimes you get a situation where a kid's other sport can sometimes interfere with our current season. Makes sense. You know, I, I know one thing that we used to deal with uh, a couple of years ago, especially like when I was coaching JV, was, you know, you'd get kids that were playing spring sports. And when it got to like late February, it was like they kind of checked out of basketball and they was in the lacrosse baseball mode. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. They was more focused on getting practice over so they can go get in the cage or so they can go and, and, and toss the ball through wall toss, you know, where they throw the ball off the, the wall. Now, look, listen and, to you talking to the lingo of a lacrosse guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it I, must I, be I, where I, you I, live. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ended up getting into lacrosse. I used to go to lacrosse games back when I was in high school because I had friends on the team. Um, but I really learned about the game when my, my little cousin was a very good lacrosse player. He was like ranked like top 10 in the country in his class. Oh, wow. In lacrosse. He ended up going to Carolina for lacrosse and football. He played both sports. He, he played both sports. He got recruited to play football under Butch Davis, and they told him he could play both down there. Nothing wrong with so, that. He uh, so I was going to his games. I like learned a lot because when I was a kid, I didn't know how many players were on the field. I was just going for the social aspects, you know, hang out with friends and and see what good good looking girls there. But you know, when I started getting old and I started actually watching his games, I'm like, man, you know, lacrosse is not that bad of a game. Uh-huh. It's a lot of similarities, you know. So, and in our area, I'm, I understand our area is big on lacrosse and stuff like that. So, I mean, that, it is what it is. But, um, I, I, definitely, that's that was probably the biggest distraction mm-hmm. that we have at our school. Got you. Is other sports, and it's not really a bad thing because some people, I think now kids that I've been ha- I've had in our program have managed it well. But when I first started coaching, that was a, like a major issue. Like they were like, I'm talking about literally, they they were checked out. We run out. into a lot at South, and and it's not a, a secret or anything. We our football team goes year round. Um, they lift you around. They're constantly doing stuff for their their um, offensive schemes and defensive schemes year round. And I would have trouble with that because it's a chest max day on a Tuesday, and Thomas Johnson's coming to our place, and they want him to max out. Like why? Like you can't do that. You can't do that on another day. So I did have a couple run-ins with uh, some different things with that. But you know, I st- we have that as an issue. You mentioned you go, you went to lacrosse games, you know, try to check out the females. That's one thing, too, that my guys, you know, have had issues with. And, and you know, two years ago, we had, um, ironically, and I found out kind of after the fact, but it was one of those, you pick the brains of some of the other dudes in the locker room, and you're like, yo, what in the hell is really going on here? And I found out that my point guard and my two guard were sleeping with the same girl. Uh-huh. And that became a feud because then they started finding out about each other doing it. So that became a massive uh-huh. distraction within our locker room um, that I didn't do a very good job of recognizing early enough. But now I kind of have my P's and Q's set up a little bit to be more cognizant of what what's going on with regards to that stuff. Um, what about like down there? As you're when I say down there, it's because you're closer to the city. How do you do? How do you do with like different AAU teams and kids playing with different like handlers and stuff like that? Have you ever had to run into that situation very much there at Southern? No, nah, not really. I, I I haven't had that probably 
on the top of my head, I haven't, you know, I've, I, sometimes I've had some overzealous parents, but, you know, they, they're in every program, you name it, they, from any program in, in the country, you know, you're going to have some parents that's living through their kids or mm-hmm. think that just because stuff's not going well with their kids that, you know, they need to interfere or whatever. But as far as handlers, is that we haven't really had to deal with that that's cool. um, at all. Because, like, a lot of the kids, so if you just base it off of, and I just base it off our, our Division One kids. So we'll have Jake Coverman, who's a 21 kid, he'll be our 51 kid since, what, last 10 years? Yep. 11 years. And if you look at the previous four, out of the previous four, um, you know, three of them were kind of under the radar kids, okay. you know, so right. they kind of wasn't the type of kids that would have handlers, you know, Curtis now, Curtis and, and Jake, they came in high school, you know, you know, middle school and, and Curtis was kind of underrated as well because he didn't play for a big AU team. He played for just like a local, um, mom and pop AU team down our way, but everybody knew that Curtis was good. But other than Jake, who came in their ranks, because, you know, he played on circuit teams when he was in middle school, stuff like that. Those guys didn't play for big AAU teams. I'm really big on kids playing for the right AAU team. Yep. Like, you, you look at Horvath, I thought, I thought, I, I think that some AAU teams, especially in our area, tend to go, move towards uh, private schools. Okay. And private school kids. Yep. And then some of them, they have relationship with private school kids, so certain kids don't get the benefit of the doubt. Right. If you if you got Brandon Horvath at Southern, who's good, and then you got, you know what I mean, Chad Brashears, who goes to uh, O'Connell or Southern or Southern Prep or Southern Academy or something like that. Yep. And a lot of programs in our area, not all, but some, they're going to automatically give the benefit of the doubt to the private school guy, regardless of who's better or not. So I always try to make sure that I put myself in a good situation with a coach that I know or or I know somebody that has a good relationship with them so that I know he'll get a fair chance. You know, I don't want my kids to just get anything, but I want them to be able to um, at least get a fair shake. You know, I've I've had kids play with TakeOver. I've had Mm -hmm. kids play with Grant. Um, I've had District. I've had Midland Select. I've had, you know, New World. So I've had kids play on them levels, but when it comes before AAU, I try not to get too involved, but I right. try to make sure that I put them in a situation that's going to be conducive to them getting successful and coming back to me better. Got two questions for you. Uh-huh. What, what was it like inside Will Maynard's head when UMBC beats Virginia? Well, you know, I was at that game. I did not know that you were at the game. I was in Pittsburgh at the NCAA tournament in Pittsburgh, and I remember specifically sitting in my hotel room being like, there is no way this is going to happen. So now that you say you were at that game, you, you got to give me the stories. What was it like in the arena? What was it like inside your head sitting there watching? Inevitably, our generation's, you know, miracle on ice. Just the easiest way to put it. So I'm, I'm going to take you to the lead up. So – Tournament selection comes out that Sunday. And I'm looking at the practice. I said, oh, my goodness, they play Virginia. I said, I'm looking at Virginia that's holding Duke to 50 points. (laughs) And I'm saying to myself, like, oh, my goodness. 
So I had talked to Brandon and called me up and Brandon over called me up and asked me, you know, did I want a ticket? And I said, dang on. I said, should we go down there or not? I said, man, you know what? There's a chance to go to an NCAA tournament game for free. I'm going to go. And so then that Tuesday, I was at the All-Star game for our county because his brother um, played in the All-Star game because he was seeing that year, 2018. And I was like, man, we talked to his dad, and they was like, man, we, I think they're going to beat them. And then I talked to Brandon. Brandon said, man, I think we can beat them. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, right. So we're in the arena, and, you know, it was back and forth game, slow start. You know how it can be. Yep. Um, so I didn't pay any mind. It was halftime, and I was like, they might can beat these guys. I said, because... <laughs> This pack line defense is not giving them any resistance. Like, they're not, like, they're getting whatever shot they want. UNBC was getting the same shots against Virginia that they were getting against American East opponents. Right. So I'm like, oh my goodness. And then they came out that second half and started rolling and getting up in that double digit lead. And then you could tell Virginia guys started kind of getting tense and, and kind of playing up tight. And I was like, oh my goodness, they're about to win this game. And like, when they was up like double digits, I mean, the, the, it was off the hook and it was so much excitement. You know, I I tried to run, I tried to run on the court, but it wasn't letting you run on the court. Like I went and I gave uh, Dave Odom a hug because I was in the you know the UNBC section and Dave Odom was right there in front of me. Yep. I'm hot out and KJ Mars dead um, after every buck bucket because he was right there. He was on TV a lot that that tournament because he kept having his sign and his and his uh jersey on of his son but i mean it was just unbelievable like i mean to this day i still can't believe it like when i tell people i was at that game they're like are you serious i'm like man i was at that game it was so electric and i, I felt bad for virginia because i like the way they play i like their program yep um, so I, it was kind of like a gift to the curse. Like I was happy that you obviously won because I love their staff and they treat me like, uh, like family. So I, I, you know, I'm always you know biased towards those guys. But I just like I like Virginia because Virginia reminds me of Southern where they're the underdog. Right. You know, when they think about the ACC, you know, they don't talk about Virginia. Yet. Now they do. But at first, you know, they were talking about you know Duke and Carolina, and then you know when Maryland was in there and stuff. You know, you talking about them. And that's how it was in our county. You know, you talk about Anaheim County, you think of Annapolis, Old Miller, me. Mm-hmm. So it's you know to the point now where you know they they bring us up now. So I mean, it was definitely electric. Um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping they go to the tournament this year. But then on the flip side, I'm like I might be upset <laughs> because I won't be able to go. True, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, but uh, I mean for Brandon, I would love for him to get that experience again. But it was definitely electric. I mean. People were texting me, telling me he was on TV. I mean, it was crazy. Like the game ended at like probably twelve. Yeah, it was midnight. It was a late, it was a late game. I remember that. Literally, to arena to like one thirty. I can like, believe they, that. Like they literally kicked us out the arena because we were partying. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I you know I, I'm with you on that. I was I was watching it, and I think I could be wrong, but I'm gonna try to go with this. Did Virginia cut it to like eight at one point or like six? And then all yeah, of a sudden they, they stormed they them. Did. They stormed then, back to like they, twenty, right? Yeah, they did. They came back, and then I was like, "Okay, here we go." Right. And then, and then I think Jarris made a play, and, mm-hmm. and then maybe they ended up getting a steal, something like that, and it just took all the win out their sail. Yep. And then 
you know, the, the thing about the game, people didn't realize, and I'm not even, I didn't even think about it either. You know, when, when you play a team that's better than you, you, um, you know, the, the last thing you want to do is to speed up the possessions and have more possessions. You know what I mean? Stuff Absolutely. like that. When Virginia's playing at the pace that they played at, you know, with them not giving, having as many possessions as normal, it allows them to get more, you know, it, it, their margin for error slim. Yep. You know, people's margin for error, margin for error slim against Virginia. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, if they get down, it's like that for them. Absolutely. No, you're, you know? you're so right. I mean, I've used this quote a lot, and, and I'm bringing it up because you said you like the way Virginia does stuff, and so do I. You know, Tony Bennett, when they won the national championship the, the year later, he uh-huh. said, if you learn to use it right, the adversity will buy you a ticket to a place that you could not have gotten any other way. And I think he kind of yeah. taught the world, in my opinion, how to say, okay, we did lose, we did take it on the chin, but we're going to make this right. And I think, you know, as a coach, we always want our locker rooms to seem that way, and it's very difficult to. And it, I admire looking back at what he did at, the, at that run when they won the national championship, how well they were able to do that and withstand all the barrage of media that was coming at them that tournament. Oh my goodness, they're going to lose again in the first round. And if I'm not mistaken, they were down as a 16-1 to seed again early in that game. Like, it might have been halftime they were down. Halftime, yeah. But yeah. to say halftime, yep. I remember that. I couldn't imagine how tense oh. those kids were. Oh, yeah. I mean, and those guards were studs, and I can only imagine what they were saying when they were in the locker room. Um, you know, it's, it is it is. I didn't know you were there, man. That's really cool. It's one of those stories that I, I was here when, and that's really awesome. I like to ask that question. How are uh, how are you guys handling COVID out of Anne Arundel County? What's, what are you allowed to do with your kids? What's the... Uh, possible plan and, and fingers crossed plan for you well right now we're doing um virtual basketball training so are we um, which consists pretty much of you know just watching film uh watching drills and stuff like that um it's open to everybody in the school obviously we don't make cuts off of virtual basketball but uh same here it's just a way for us to interact with our kids and to yep. see them and just be around the game um it's it's so it's kind of a gift and a curse because you know on the flip side you you know you want to see your kids and stuff like that and interact with them, but then you feel bad because they're on the computer all day. Mm-hmm. Like here's another forty five minutes that I'm making them get on the computer, you know. So yeah. that makes it kind of tough. Um, but you know it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, we had started doing virtual. School um training virtual basketball practice on December seventh. Okay. That was the that was the day that uh, the state, you know, told anybody if they wanted to start, they're allowed to, to do that. But with the COVID numbers being the way they are, uh they knew that wasn't happening. Um so right now we're just doing that and every week they're pretty much checking with the health department to see, you know, the statistics and the numbers and stuff like that. And and if they find out that you know, we get a number that the school system is comfortable with. Um, then we'll just start the season automatically. You know, we, we might not, we wouldn't play as many games. We wouldn't be able to scrimmage. We probably would just give us two to three weeks just to get loose and just play a couple games. Yep. Um, you know, I, I would, I would love it. I have a really good team coming back. You know, we had a good team. We had a good chance to um, win the league. Um, you know, we had a chance to win it. We had a chance to win a couple of years ago. We lost it at the end. Um, last year, we had a good chance to win it as well. But 
Um, one of my best players, he tore his ACL playing football. So that kind of hurt. So, you know, just those, it just wasn't in God's will. But I felt very confident about our team this year. And it's just going to be unfortunate that, you know, we may not play. And if we do play, it's, it's going to be a shell of itself because we won't have fans. You know, we won't have playoffs to look forward to. You know, we'll just be playing games. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I'll, I'll take anything right now. Now, I'm in the same boat as you. It's just we do two to three days a week. Um, some some of the kids haven't been coming as much as I'd like them to, but, you know, we can't force them to come. I'm um, I'm really cautious about what I'm willing to put out. Um from the uh from my program i really you know end of game stuff or you know film stuff I, i'm really cautious with that because you talked about having your main schools like 12 miles apart like my main competition schools are like less than two miles apart like three miles apart like it's really really close that they could very well be man you know coach screwed me he cut me i'm just gonna here's all the info so i'm really cautious about that i know that doesn't sound right but it's definitely how i kind of try to sit in the oh, nah, uh, it's, ha- it's, it's happened I, I know, I know. I won't say this the school, but the, a situation like that. Kid was kicked off the team at one school. They played their rival school in the playoffs. Bam! All this the stuff handed school, out. Everything. Yeah. See that? That and that's not cool. But you know, we would have never thought of doing that when I played. At least I know I I wouldn't have thought of doing that. But it seems like you know, some kids today are just a little bit different with that stuff. Um, well. It's not, well, it, it, the problem with kids nowadays is they don't know how to handle adversity. Hundred percent. You know, like, like we don't like in a situation like that. If if I was kicked off a team, my first thing wouldn't be, you know what, I'm going to mess around and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna tell them everything, because guess what, you were a part of that team, mm-hmm. so you're screwing over your coach, but you're screwing over your teammates. Yep. You know, the yep. same person that you started on uh, in our situation, November 15th, with, you know, now you're going to turn your back on him? Exactly. That's up in the face. You know what I mean? And, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure if that kid even stayed at the school. I think the kid had to leave because I think people wanted to fight him. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? I think the only thing that saved him was that his school won. If his school had lost... Like, it, it could have got uglier than what it, what it did, you know? Because, I mean, you just don't do that, man. Like, I, I don't know. Like, when I played, you know, it, when I was in school, and I'll never forget this, man. We used to have 15 players on a team. Okay. And the last five people on the team, we used to call them the Fab Five. Mm-hmm. And the Fab Five, were, they were, we called them the Fab Five. They were the last five people on the team. They never really got in the game. Unless somebody really got in foul trouble or so sick or something like that, and what happened was, they just they they loved it. They gravitated. They I think they wore their own socks, like they had their own little fat five thing. And when they got in the game, man, like the rotation guys cheered for them like crazy. I mean, yep. it was they were so happy just to be on the team. Like their warm ups. With their version of the national championship, Absolutely. they love warm ups. They love halftime shooting. I mean, it was just like it, it. They just was a pleasure to be around, man. You know what I mean? And like they took practice serious. They didn't dog it in practice. They wanted to bust our tail. Yep. And that's how it was. And it's sad that kids aren't like that no more. Because now, oh, he ain't playing me, so it's no need for me to go hard. I'm a transfer. I'm a transfer. I'm a go. You know, I'm a go to North. I'm a go. I'm a go to Gurady. Yep. And, you know. You know, that, that's yeah. just, 
it's just sad, man. You know, I talk about it every year by parent meeting. I said, let kids fall on their face. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen in life, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be in a job. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the kid, how are you going to prepare for it? That's why these kids are killing themselves. Uh-huh. That's why these kids are on the drugs. That's why, because we don't teach them to handle adversity. Nope. And I, we teach kids nowadays how to handle adversity by pointing the finger at somebody else. That's how we handle adversity in 2002 and 2021. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's funny, we I always we used to call those guys, you know, the ones that in the bench, the 30, 30, 30, up 30, down 30, 30 seconds to go. But, <laughs> but, like they, but they cared about the program. They were... They loved being a part of the program. And now, like, if you ain't getting click, it's like, you know, what what coach is hating on me. Well, I'm not hating on you. You just aren't as good as the guy that's in front of you. And that's life. You know, I'm not going to be the best basketball coach ever and, you you know, in the country. And I'm okay with that as Chad Brashears. But I'm not going to, like, you know, throw a temper tantrum because somebody outcoaches me. I mean, that's just part of the game that we choose to be a part of and love. And, you know, these, you're right. The adversity is a totally different situation for these kids today. I do feel for them a little bit with the COVID stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I wish that, honestly, I just wish decisions were made and that they didn't feel as though they were either getting let on or, you know, some of my yeah. players have brought it up to me a little bit. And, and you know, it, it's a very tough situation. I mean, I'll use South as an example because that's where I, I'm at and that's the kids that I, I care about and love and know. You know, in in their life, somebody in their family, their blood has lied to them about something big time, right? In this, the system's lied to them about something. The school system has lied to them about something. The only refuge they have is an 84 by 50 foot box with two hoops at the end for a couple hours in the winter time that they can get away from all the BS. And right now, I just feel like, you know, give me, hold on two more weeks for me, guys. Hold on two more weeks for me. And they're like, coach, like, why don't you just tell us the truth? And I'm like, guys, I'm giving you the answer I have. But I do feel for them because they feel as though we're kind of leading them on a little bit and lying to them. And that's a tough situation to sit in. And see, and you're, and you're in the same boat I am where, you know, you have a good chance to win your league. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You, you returned a lot. Mm-hmm. You had a good chance to go to Maryland. And you, and you know how important that is, especially for communities like yours and mine, who has a great tradition. And, you know, we don't get there as much anymore. So, I mean, these kids would go, would be remembered for the rest of their life. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what they don't understand. And it's, it's, it's a very tough situation. And, and I, you know, I kind of wish that they just said, you know what, man, we're just going to have a playoff. Yeah. We're just gonna be just gonna we just gonna do a playoff. We're gonna give you two playing game two games, yep. and then we're gonna pick it out of a hat, and you're gonna play in your same region, and you're just gonna go from there and, and just and go play because you know it's just sad that you know it's two years in a row, man. We won't be down Maryland, yep, uh, at all, at all. You know, I mean, we were fortunate enough last year. Uh, our season ended right before COVID. Right, so ours, we ours ended up too. finishing our season. Yeah, we completed yeah. ours as well. It was tough. I mean, yeah. we lost at the buzzer to Frederick um, mm-hmm. High School. We, uh, I had a senior get fouled. We're down two, mm-hmm. and Frederick did, Tay did a really good job with his group. He's got a really nice group, and we're battling. And we're it's a back and forth heavyweight match. We're down two, and you know me. I said, screw it, we're going to shoot a three just because that's kind of how the world I live in. Let's just go Let's just go take the right shot. 
not not the high efficiency shot. Like, you know, I'm kind of more the other direction. I know my dad was like, hey, just get in the paint, try to get two. Well, I ended up putting my best shooter in a corner right in front of our bench. Mm-hmm. And my point guard penetrates, kicks. He catches it square. I'm literally standing right behind him. He gets fouled shooting a three-pointer. Ball short, square. I'm like, this thing's going in. We're going to have an and one. It doesn't matter. We're catching our breath. He goes to the foul line, and he makes the first one, and he misses the next two, and that was the ball game. And it's that's a, a tough way to end your senior year, like a very tough way to end your senior year. And, yeah. and for my guy, it, was just, it, it sucked overall. I mean, it was just – we had won 11 out of 12 going into that game. We totally believed that, you know, when you coach at certain times, you're like, man, we really got to play perfect to get a win. Like, we walked into every gymnasium, and it wasn't a question whether you're going to win or not. It was like, how are we going to put these dudes away, and at what time in the game are we putting them away? That's the mentality we had in the locker room, and it was a fun group to coach like that. And then when that happened, it was just like, you know, the air went out of the sail, and but, you know, I feel for the kid, he was going to play in the round ball classic that uh, Dave Foltz does, and you would at least get back on the floor. Maybe his last memory of high school basketball was going to be something positive like that. Boom, COVID hits, and his his last high school memory is going to be one that's going to be very tough, and, and I feel for him. But, you know, that's just kind of the game that we play a little bit too, and I'm with you. Like, let's just have two games, draw names out of a hat, and let's just play and see what happens, roll the dice, and... uh but, you know, safety is a big thing. I looked up our numbers today. One of the numbers dropped significantly. The other one rose again. So we're going to be – we're at the uh, liberty of what the state and the, uh, you know, health office says we can and cannot do. So Yeah, this is definitely uh, – it's, it's definitely unfortunate. Like I said, man, you know, last year was tough. We had a good team. We won 16, 17 games. But, we you know, we didn't have our best player. Right. And, you know, in – I don't know, and not the two uh, my own horn, but I don't know too many teams that get that that don't have a drop off really without their best player. Who's a Division One kid? You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, we. It's so, funny you say that. Our a lot of stuff we talked mirrors because I lost the first day of practice. My football team was playing Damascus in the mm-hmm. playoff game, and my big guy. Six five two seventy six six two seventy somewhere in there mm. tears his ACL going against Brian Breesy, who is the um, rookie defender of the year in the ACC for Clemson. <laughs> yeah. um, but Chris battled him, and Chris blew his knee out that game. Couldn't play for us, so we really didn't have a true post. I started a kid that was six foot three in the post, so I totally get what you're saying. You know, Chris. Yeah, is, so you understand saying I do. I mean, you understand the same thing. It's man. tough. Like, you know, we yeah, went that, fourteen that and hurts, seven. Man. Oh my God, it, it's awful. I mean, you know, Chris signs a national letter of intent to play football at ODU this past December. I'm excited for him to be able to go do that. So, and and that's the one thing too. Like when you start explaining Division One stuff, it just doesn't have to be Division One basketball. He's a Division One athlete, which means he's going to jump a little bit higher, run a little bit faster, and be a little bit stronger than majority of the people that step on the field or on the court. That's what Division One means. Now, do you have got Division One shooters? Yes. Division One ball handlers, absolutely. Post players, yes. But if you're a D one athlete, you're a D one athlete. You talked about your you said it was your cousin that played football and uh lacrosse at North Carolina, right? Yep. Okay. So I'm at Goretti. <clears throat> We're playing Loyola Blakefield. Mm-hmm. They have this point guard who is a absolute pain in the ass. 
He doesn't mm-hmm. sub out. He doesn't foul. He doesn't make a mistake. Like he is like perfect, but he's not really good at basketball. He's yeah. just a good athlete. So I asked Josh Duvall, their head coach, after the game, I'm like, man, what is where's this kid going? Like he's pretty good. He said, Chad, he's the number one lacrosse player in the country. He's going to UVA. And his name was Steele Stanwick, and he actually won the Heisman of lacrosse two years in a row at the NCAA level. The kid oh, he won a two attend- he won the two attend- award. There you go. He uh, never flinched ice through his veins for 32 minutes. And I was like, well, that makes a whole bunch of sense. So ever since then, I've been able to look at kids and be like, man, that's a D1 talent. Like He's, he's just a D1 kid, and he's able to do stuff that other kids can't do. So... I was just telling a buddy of mine um, last night, a coach I was talking to, and I said, my whole mindset of building a team has changed over the years. I said, right now, I need, I like to have two studs, and when I mean two studs, two dudes that can give me 20 on a consistent basis, Mm -hmm. and then fill them in with good role players, and and the people that's going to do their job, whether it be shooters, whether it be hustle guys, whatever I need. It makes your life a lot easier. You don't you don't have nearly as many gray hairs that way. And with you turning yeah, with you turning forty, that's starting. Oh, they already started. They started <laughs> at thirty for me, Chad. <laughs> well, that's that, that's that stress in Anne Arundel yeah, County. No, you just, live in. Well, just watching so much film. I'm really big <laughs> on watching film. Yep. Um, and and that's probably one of the biggest struggles that I have with my kids at times is just letting them know how much film you have to watch and how to watch film. Mm-hmm. I think that's very undertaught because nowadays with social media, kids only look at film so they can post their highlights. 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. And so they're just looking for those highlights. They're not looking to see their tendencies. Daggone, maybe I am going only right. I never go use my left hand. Well, you know what? I'm fading away on my shot or I'm not holding my follow through. You know what I mean? Like kids like that, don't grow on trees anymore. Back when we played, it was like that. Nowadays, you know, these kids are only looking for highlights. And if you want to be successful in basketball, especially at the next level, you have to learn how to dissect the film on your own. Mm-hmm. Well, you go back to adversity. They don't want to be shown where they failed. Film. Look, there's a couple things that do not lie. The weight to me, the weight room doesn't lie. Film does not lie, and your W-2 does not lie. It says what you made last year. It is what it is. And if you can't bench 300 pounds, when you are doing, when you get it up and it comes out and touches your chest and you can't get it up, then you cannot bench 300 pounds. That's, that's, the, that's the truth. You didn't lie. You lied there and said I benched 300 pounds. And then film is the other one. It shows the rawest stuff about your game that you can inevitably fix but they don't want the truth of being like, man, I really did screw up there. Or or my peers are going to make fun of me because I screwed up there. And it's not making fun of you. It's just when you're watching film, you don't ever want to fail. So it's really tough for those kids in a film session to sit there and see not good compared to a highlight reel, which is all good because it's what they want to show everybody. And, and I tell kids all the time, like, one thing I preach to, I preach to my kids all the time, they have to understand that, at the end of the day, like our team is one, it's not divided. Mm-hmm. It's not players versus coaches. It's players and coaches. Mm-hmm. I said so. You guys have to understand that. So when we're trying to get you guys better, it just we're getting better as well because then we know maybe we can't put him in this situation. Maybe that's not something we can run. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. So that's one thing I constantly harp on kids that when a coach tells you something, 
and he talks to you about something, don't look at it as a bad thing. Understand that he's just trying to, you know, we're just trying to help the situation to make it easy. Basketball is an easy game, and it's our job to make it easy on you. And in order for us to make it easy on you, you have to be you have to be open to being coached and challenged. Yep, a hundred percent. I I'm totally agree with you on that. Um, what's rest of your Saturday look like? You got any plans? You got any? You watching NFL? You gonna watch any college basketball that's on TV? What, what are you gonna do the rest of the day? Well, you know, I, my my Eagles. Uh, we we choked away that game last week, two weeks ago against Dallas. So that took us out of it. I mean, we could have we had beat Dallas. We would have easily beat the Redskins. I mean, the Redskins are terrible. But you know, I'll be I'll watch a little bit of football, but. For the most part, I'm not going to do too much. The only thing I'm going to do is uh, I'll watch my Hoyas play. You know, we're struggling right now and stuff. But I didn't expect them to be good. But I just like watching the team because just watching some of the young guys' growth. So I'm going to watch some uh, Georgetown Syracuse basketball, and that's it. There really aren't that many good matchups today for some I checked. And, nah, you know, I, I, I just the pulled game. them up here. I mean, I'll, I'll throw some stats at you while we're just sitting here. Duke is up three over Wake Forest with 12 minutes to go in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, the Texas West Virginia game is pretty good. Texas is up nineteen eighteen with eleven fifty four to go in the first half. So that why was, did that kid leave West Virginia? What's up with that? I have no idea. I'm He's not, pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I don't really know what happened with that. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe you couldn't handle Huggins. Must must be because I I mean maybe you ran on a treadmill too much. <laughs> <laughs> In the treadmill yeah, at twenty five miles an hour. I know oh. Brandon has a. They have a big game today. They played New Hampshire. You know they lost to Binghamton two weeks ago. Did they? Yeah, they lost to. He missed the game. He hurt the shoulder. Um, you doing all right now? Yeah, yeah. He's excited to get back. I told, he called me for my birthday, and, and uh, we was talking about it. And he was saying he felt good. I don't but, know what's going on uh, up in, in Rutgers right now, but Ohio State is winning 57-41 to 41 over Rutgers. Rutgers 15th in the country. Yeah, Rutgers had a tough one the other night. Uh, somebody blew them out the other night. Was it no, Michigan State blew them out? Yeah. And then they messed around and lost to Purdue yep. at home. Yeah. It, that, Big Ten, that Big Ten is loaded. It, you know what's funny? I had Coach Dan Preet on uh, yesterday. Because they uh-huh. actually, I'm sorry, it, we we filmed it on Thursday to post yesterday, but um, they played Montverde yesterday down in the uh, that big tournament that they've started. Oh yeah, I saw it. that was a tough one for them. Yeah, seventy seventy seven thirty nine or something like that. You know, and, and that was Dan's first game of the year. That was uh, that you know, there's a lot of positives in that, and, and I'm gonna hit on that real quick. But that was mm-hmm. Dan's first game of the year. I think that was the ninth game for Montverde. Montverde was averaging ninety-eight points a game, and Dan held him to seventy-seven. I I think that's pretty awesome. There, that's a big you know that's a big pat on the back with that one because that's not easy holding you know ten probably NBA pros down like that. But uh, I talked about Jalen, his point guard, going to Rutgers, and mm-hmm. and him and I both agree that Big Ten is like night in, night out. It's a dogfight and. Really, like, and I'm not picking on the ACC, but it's hit or miss. Like, Duke could have some really, really good guard play. Carolina, really good guard play. But it seems like when you get into the Big Ten, their point guard is just a dude all the time. All the time. And he defends. 
Like, and he defends like that. That is that league is oh my goodness. And like I watched the Big Ten, but I didn't really watch it as much as I do now with the Big Ten Network and Maryland right. being in there. I kind of pay attention to it more. Yep, man, that they have definitely surpassed the ACC. I think and so. You could tell. Remember back in the day, they could not compete with the ACC in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Now, yep. man, they they just beat up on them. Yeah, the coins flipped on that one a little bit, hadn't it? Man, yeah, the ACC. I don't. I, they. I don't know. I mean, Duke still Duke. I mean, Carolina's good. Their guard plays kind of young, but uh, Coach you know, K yeah, sitting out Virginia again today. And Florida State, but I mean, the other eight schools are such you know hit or miss. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, Leonard Hamilton. It does a great job. I mean, Florida State. That's just fun to watch. I mean, he's got long, long players. I mean, I haven't played against guys that long since JUCO ball. I mean, they, he's just got athletes that can flat out get it done. And oh uh, yeah. And then, but you're right. I mean, Duke like Shashevsky's not coaching again today. He's still in quarantine. Mm. And I said this back at the beginning of December. December the 7th, I made this statement that Duke was going to lose six home games. Oh, you said that? Duke was going to lose six home games, and he canceled the rest of the non-conference schedule. Not because of me. I'm, I'm a nobody. But I was talking with a buddy who works for ESPN and CBS, and I'm like, I'm telling you, with not having 9,314 idiots screaming at you, it's just a game of basketball. And that well, leverage is different. Yeah. And, and, and see what people tend to what people tend to forget. I mean, obviously we know because we coach and we understand. In those type of environments, it's the lack of communication. One hundred percent. Like you know, you know what I mean. That's the thing that's different with football. In football now, you can hear your audibles. Where yeah. back then, you know, if, if you know, like I think it was Ohio State might have played. I forgot who was playing. It was a game I was watching, and it was it was like quiet in there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're changing the calls and all this and all that. I mean, it's hard to do that, like you said, with, with a stadium full of people that are rooting against you. Well, I mean, you know, I, I use it as an example of football. I'm a Packer guy. You know that with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, our first game is at Minnesota, and you hear him audibly the call. He said that it was weird because he could hear conversations on the sideline between the players that weren't on the field when he was out there. Like, he said, I wouldn't even hear me hear myself think when there's 85,000. But now Correct. it's a totally different, and it is a big deal. That's why for us as Packer fans, winning the home field was a big deal because it does zero to do with the with the crowd. It has to do with the environment. Right. Now it's going to be yeah. thirteen degrees. Good luck playing in that. There's zero. <laughs> there's no air conditioners that are going to make your building cold enough to prepare for what we're bringing <laughs> to the game yeah. that day. Exactly. So, you, you, I mean, you know, you have some people wearing gloves. You know, Tam and Tom, if they make it there, Drew Brees was playing indoors, you know, with the heat on. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, Coach, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy dude. I know you just got out of practice, and I'm not going to put that out there so everybody's like, oh, my goodness, Southern's practicing. How was your fifth grade practice before we get off here? How was the fifth grade practice? We had a good game. We had a good day today. We actually combined with the uh, sixth grade team, nice. and we worked. Yeah, we did. We had a lot of. Uh, we had a. We worked on a lot of defensive stuff today, as far as you know, beating our man to the spot and uh, teaching. And and the biggest thing, uh, teach them how to how to do defensive slides and understanding 
when you when you have to get out your stance because sometimes like these kids that age you know we'll work on defensive slides and they think that you know you go by me I'm just supposed to just get a defensive slide and catch up with you just teach them when 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 you it's okay to get out your stance and then one thing we had to work on too is our, our back taps. Yep. I, I love it. I love fifth grade because it teaches you patience. But like we, had, like the other team will be dribbling the ball to court, and we'll have a guy behind the ball, and instead of him trying to sneak behind and take the ball, they'll go find that man. So we worked on that today too. But we we have a good group. We have a good group of kids, man. I'm actually excited to see their progress over the next four years because. Uh, I mean, these kids nowadays in fifth grade are doing things that I didn't do till seventh, eighth grade. Absolutely. I mean, some of these moves that some of those kids were doing today, I was like, "Oh my goodness gracious!" But you know, I I, I love it. You know, it allows me to, to work kids with that I would probably never have been able to work with because you know I'd be locked in in my season. But uh, I just love seeing their innocence because they're at the age where they actually listen. One hundred percent, they do big time. Mm-hmm. They, they they don't have all the answers yet. Nah, they don't. They don't. They get <laughs> the main thing I had to worry about them being a fifth grade is crime. You know, now a jam a jam finger is a lot more severe to a fifth grader than it is to most high school kids. They yeah. might high school kid, you get some of them that just go to shake it off. Fifth grade, that's a major ordeal. Like you might just call an ambulance <laughs> for a jam finger. Nah, uh, trust me, I I totally get all of that. Um, before we hop off here, I want to have you back on the show. I love being able to just chat hoops with you. I, uh, I appreciate your time. Would love to, but when COVID ever decides to settle itself down, want to scrimmage against you guys in the preseason. I think we'll have a blast doing that. Oh yeah, definitely, man. You know me, I always like, I always like scrimmaging hard, different styles. Yep. And I know playing you guys, I know you're going to run good stuff. You're going to prepare me because you know, my region switch switches next year. Yes, it does. So and mine does a little bit too. I have to, I get a lovely Oakdale to come to my region as well. So that ought to be, you know, fun having to go against those dudes every night. So. Yeah, I have Carroll. I'll be, uh, I'm in there with Carroll County and I couldn't tell you one thing about any of the school. I, I've watched a couple games, um, of, of a couple of schools from Carroll County, and I couldn't tell you about them. I just know every team I watch can shoot. Yeah, they can. And every team I watch, I shot the ball. So pretty much we won't be playing much zone and hardwood. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Coach, I hope you have a uh, great rest of your day. I appreciate your time, and I look forward to chatting with you here soon. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. It's a great show. Thank you. I appreciate Coach's time. It's uh, always great to catch up with colleagues in the business and you know family as i said earlier you know i see coaches fam and uh you know i love catching up with him and getting to hear his stories he's done an excellent job at down there as i said before getting guys to go play at multiple levels and getting them across the stage and become young men but i appreciate coach uh my saturday is going to be watching some college basketball probably put on a little bit of the nfl games and until then we will talk to you tomorrow